Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, November 8th, 2022, Election Day. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the Democratic blame game begins. Number two, Speaker Nancy Pelosi speaks about her future. And number three, who is going to be where on election night? All right, Jake, let's get into it. The top of Punchbowl News AM. Voting hasn't completed yet, but there are Democratic losses expected in the House and potentially the Senate, which is sure to kick off the sacred right of the post-election season, deciding who is to blame for the party's misfortunes. We get ahead of the curve here uh, this morning talking about who's going to be uh, facing the most blame if Democrats have a bad midterms. Well, let's pause and say it is election day again. Um, It is uh, the House is up. The Senate is up. This is going to be an exciting long day. Um, And uh, we could do away with all the prognosticators and pundits and just we're going to see later today who's going to be in control. Well, we might not see later today, though, but we're going to know pretty soon enough who's in control of the House of Representatives and the Senate. So if there's one kind of decision that's been made among, you know, uh, not only prognosticators, but but party leaders behind the scenes, it's that Democrats are probably going to lose the House. Um, that's not me saying that. That is every, most every Democratic, senior Democratic aide, Democrats in the rank and file, many Democrats in leadership all say they are worried and they are pretty confident they're going to lose the House of Representatives. Um they need the Republicans need to net six of the roughly 35 to 50 seats that are in play. Um, uh, it's up to you whether they think they could do it. Last night, Joe Biden said uh, it's going to be tough to hold the House. Nancy Pelosi spoke about it on uh, CNN. She said, well, to see what happens tomorrow, um, people have to come out and vote. So um, that is where we are now. Let's reverse for a second. Let's press pause for a second and talk about what you just said, which is who is going to be to blame. Now, let's start with this. This was the most productive, one of the most productive Congresses in um, in our lifetime, certainly since you and I have been covering Congress, Anna, um, the last 15 or so years. This is has been just a massively uh, uh, important Congress when it comes to legislating and getting things done. Um, but that doesn't mean all is rosy. Um, uh, getting stuff done comes with downside implications. Um, so let's start with Joe Biden, Anna. Um, uh, he will be the, uh, he'll be the face of this, whether he likes it or not, just like Obama was in 2010, Bush was in, in, in 2006, Bill Clinton was in 1994. Um, Biden went, went big, um, uh, the American Rescue Plan, American Family and Jobs Plan. Uh, these are trillions of dollars of spending, uh, infrastructure bill, student loan debt forgiveness plan. Um, and all the while, the White House said uh, inflation would be transitory. They, they, I mean, just based on, on what we've seen, based on the facts, they definitely underplayed inflation before it kind of ramped up and got to a several decade high. Uh, the border was not under control, and and Republicans hammered Democrats for that, said they didn't have it under control, they weren't paying attention to it. Um, 
The main point here, I think, is uh, Biden was one re-election in tw- one election in 2020 over Trump to get things back to normal. Um, n- we're not no one. Nothing's normal. Um, things are much more normal than they were in 2020 and t- perhaps early 2021. Biden has had a solid record here, um, but it hasn't it just hasn't sunk in for voters. Anna, what do you think on Biden? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think, as you said, he's the top of the ticket. He is the party. He is the face of the party. If the party he's has the top a bad, of the ticket here, even though he's not the top of the ticket, yeah, right? But he is. He is. He yeah. is the top yep. of the Democratic Party. He They might not be voting for him directly, but he is the person who's led Democrats over the last two years down a path. Um, that I think a lot of people are questioning right now. And so no matter what, he is going to be the face of a Democratic defeat. I think if you go a little bit, you know, kind of a wider aperture, I think the Democratic Party in general is going to get a lot of blame when it comes to the fact that there over the last two years has been a lot of hand-wringing, a lot of internal debates that became external uh, in the news cycles as Democrats, you know, debated the best pathway forward. They were not um, all aligned on this. And I think that that kind of uh, is something that was really pervasive in terms of, uh, you know, the, the the just constant back and forth between moderates and progressives and Democrats and the, in the Capitol versus Biden at the White House. I mean, that has taken its toll when you look at kind of the overall messaging and the inability to get a cohesive message, particularly when it comes to the financial security and inflation happening in this country. That's right. I mean, and now let's shift to Nancy Pelosi. Um, we'll get more to Nancy Pelosi's future here, but you got to say this about Pelosi. She believes in spending her political capital. This is something you and I have talked about a lot. Um she uh, she has had probably one of the most successful legislative careers of any speaker we have ever seen. I mean, undoubtedly, um, whether you think a Newt Gingrich and the interesting story in the Post today um, that by Paul Kane and Mariana Sotomayor where Gingrich, Newt Gingrich, former speaker that has Newt Gingrich, was quoted saying that she's probably the most successful. I don't know if he said successful, most powerful, most effective speaker of our lifetime. And I think that that, that that's true. Um, she's able to get what she wants done. And um, but the criticism will be that she went after it after the um, at the expense of her moderates, um, kind of lazy in my estimation, because moderates went along with a lot of it. But look at 2009, right? Uh, Obamacare, TARP, bank, uh, uh, car, auto bailout and the cap and trade, which never made it into law. Um, cost a lot of people their seats. Um, and maybe we're looking at the same thing here. Although I would argue, to be honest with you, that the long tail of the Democrats agenda, uh, infrastructure chips, uh, things like that will be much more, um, much more, uh, popular than, than those, than maybe not Obamacare, but that some of those other pieces of legislation might be. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's a, that's the right assessment. So certainly, uh, as we <laughs> we've spent a lot of time this morning, a lot of blame to go around. If Democrats do have a bad night, um, we will continue to be covering this going into uh, tomorrow. Certainly, in the days and weeks uh, ahead. Let's move on to the number two story, Jake. Um, Anderson Cooper of CNN had an interview, Pelosi's first since uh, the attack on her husband, Paul Pelosi, uh, when he was brutally attacked in their San Francisco home, asked about 
the something that we've talked about for you know years and years and years her political future um but but this was a different answer than we've heard before um in, in terms of not her saying you know just because people ask me about that because it's my age or you know trying to to, to deflect she deflected a bit but she was uh I think a little reflective, at least in terms of how uh, Paul Pelosi, her husband's injuries and long-term um, care are impacting her decision about whether or not to stay in Congress. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that she's been, this was a pretty clear answer from Pelosi, to be honest with you, um, in a way that I didn't expect. Basically, uh, Cooper said, you know, Will your decision be impacted about what happened with the attack? She said, yes, and it'll be impacted by, well, let me just say this. I've been blessed by my colleagues as whip, leader, speaker of the House for four terms. Greatest honor I have is to represent San Francisco. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know how else to read that. Um, we went back and forth yesterday. I mean, I guess the bear case meeting, the case that she won't retire is that she's not going to want to be seen has, having left during this episode. Um I, I don't know. How do you read it, Anna? I don't. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be a pain in the neck here. I. I just. That's. That's how I read it. I mean, that's you read how. Read it like what, Jake? That she's going to leave. I read it like this. Sounds like she's going to leave, and she's going to suggest, and she's suggesting that her husband, um, her husband's attack, which she says would has will, will have, he'll take a. It'll take a long time for him to recover. It sounds like she's not going to stick around. I, I, that's my. That's how I read it. How do you read it? I don't know. I think you could read it either way. I think that I agree. She, I, I'm, try, I, I'm, I'm trying to twist myself in a, in a pretzel here. I, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I hear think, you. I hear you. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I think you could read it either way. I don't know. I I feel like um, with Pelosi in particular, she's going to leave upon <laughs> her upon her own desire uh, desires to leave, not based on anybody else's. And um, you know, I, I think we'll have to see. But it was certainly. I do think. Um, an interesting kind of just insight into the impact that that is having and how it's weighing on her and I'm sure her entire family. I agree with you though, that like one thing we could say for sure, for sure, as she will do everything on her own time. She, and there's no question about that. She, she feels literally zero external pressure ever, which is one of her major skills. You and I kind of wrote a book about that in some respect, but you know, she feels no she she feels no external pressure, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's move on to the number three just story of the morning for us. We have a cheat sheet in Punchable News AM with a look at where everybody's going to be tonight. Always interesting because it shows, I think, in some respects, the body language and decisions of who's going to have a good night, who needs to be home or wants to be home. Um, I thought, interestingly enough, Speaker Pelosi is back in D.C. She's having a luncheon with DCCC supporters. This is something she regularly does, um, kind of gathering of the troops of the folks that have really helped her raise a ton of cash over the past cycle. Um, but the but the Democrats aren't having a big election night party. They don't always do it, but it you know usually is an indication that they they understand that it might not be uh, the the best of nights. Right, not might not. Um, uh, I think that's I thought that was interesting as well. 
Um, few other things to talk about. Um, uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, the House Majority, House Minority Leader, excuse me, has rented out a large hotel ballroom for the evening. He's going to be with Tom Emmer, NRCC chair, is going to spend a little time in uh, the NRCC World Headquarters on Capitol Hill. Steve Scalise in Louisiana, Lee Stefanik in upstate New York. Um, Jim Banks running for whip will be in Fort Wayne before whipping votes if Republicans win. Uh, driving back to D.C. from Fort Wayne, Drew Ferguson will be in Georgia. Schumer in New York, Chuck Schumer up for re-election for his fifth term in the United States Senate. Mitch McConnell will be in Washington, D.C. Always interesting to see. Well, we are going to be covering this throughout the day into tomorrow as well. So please, if you aren't already, you can subscribe to Punchbowl News and our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.